welcome to the We're All Fucked podcast hosted by me, Derry Owen. And me, Dan's Grace. This is a podcast designed to try and take a light-hearted take on the ridiculousness of society as we know it and wonder how we all find a way to carry on, even though we know deep down we're all fucked. Each episode, we'll be looking at a particular topic, having a laugh and a cry along the way, dragging along a few guests with us for the ride. Remember to rate us and subscribe so you never miss our rounds. Good evening, Daniel. Hello, Derry. How are you keeping? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Um, I'm fine. While we're recording this on the 17th, what day is yeah. it? Is it Monday? Monday? Yeah, it's Monday the 17th. And... The state of politics at the moment. So this is the like second day. Jeremy Hunt's chancellor. It's gone to the stage where I can't really summarise it in a nifty essay. Uh, how <laughs> how fucked we are, really. Um, just I listened to him today on on Sky News, where he literally said, "I believe in this, but I'm announcing this." <laughs> so you're just standing up now, just just openly, and you know, arguably doing the right thing for we're doing as economy, but also admitting that you you're an absolute yeah, libertarian yeah. capitalist that wants to fuck it all up. I just I just can't believe it. But there's going to be voters out there thinking, oh yeah, he's done this, but I'm sure if I vote for him next time, he'll do he'll do what he really <laughs> believes in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, I really need to get that one out because I watched that today and I was oh my god. It's it's actually affecting mental health, isn't it? Let's be honest. Well it is no, for me anyway, don't know about absolutely. yourself. Like. No, no, for sure, for sure. I think I think it's one of those things where I mean, if I'm sensitive to my own needs, I I filter a fair bit of it. I don't I purposefully try and limit the amount that I actually watch kind of raw, unedited media you know if, if it's like i i googled um do you know the the um speech that she gave the other day <laughs> i i youtubed it because i wanted to you know watch a bit of it the one she but took I, the four questions and walked off yeah that's what i was trying to find i i i it was a for, like there were 45 minute clips there were like 20 minute clips there was like a, a couple of minutes clip and I was like, right, I'm going to watch the couple of minutes clip. I'm going to get the version, you know, the news version, the, the summarized version, um, because I couldn't handle watching 45, 25 minutes of bullshit. And I I watch, I mean, what I, I saw a video earlier on Twitter of some animals hugging humans. That's that's more important. just like offsets it. <laughs> you have to. It was like a little like little duck running up to a human, just wrapping, trying to wrap its wings around it, and just like, oh, you know, that's that's what we need. None of this sadness and strife. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, fair enough. Right? Now you do need something to offset it. Jesus, and that's healthier sure. than ketamine anyway. So go yeah. ahead and do it. Don't, How are you anyway? Are you all right? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. You Enjoy. say that every week. Would you mean it? Um, I think stress levels have been kind of very much up and down today. Um, generally feeling sort of on top of things, but you know, always with us. I mean, anxiety is a funny thing because you can kind of feel okay about most things, and then yet still f- have an unnerving sense of impending doom. Yeah, the so, knot in your stomach that will not go yeah. away. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you've you've just got to. I I felt it about ten minutes before we came on, and I just like no, do some deep breathing. It's going to be okay. It's one of the great things, actually. Like not to sort of eulogize or not eulogize, not to kind of proselytize, but I think meditation has been a panacea for so much of this because for ten minutes or twenty minutes, however long I decide to do it, I can just sit down and not completely forget. But it'll just take you away for that so time. So you do? Do you do that daily now? I meditate every morning about six in the morning um, okay. for about ten fifteen minutes. It depends. I recent because I finished the program that I was on with all the tracks. I've switched over to just p- picking a random YouTube one and just you know just looking, seeing what I fancy, and then just doing it. And it's like, oh, it's fucking great. Oh, it's, good. I'm pleased uh, that's working for you. Nice so one. chilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dewey, what's the topic for this week? Okay, uh, probably like the few listeners, I might. I got to be careful this one because I piss people off. But I want to talk about um, the military or armed forces. Ooh, hot one. Hot, very hot, very yeah, hot. Yeah. Um, I think I've of the heard they have bombs. You, you probably should they be do have bombs. Your, your your house doesn't get doesn't get bombed. Yeah, we haven't revealed where we live. Um, (laughs) I uh, I had quite strongly. I don't necessarily have shaken them because obviously my my view towards kind of armed forces and things have changed a little bit since kind of the Ukraine war and obviously that we have existed. Mm. And I've always had this kind of flip flap thing with my view. Well, most of my life, I've always thought, like, the people who join the military or the armed forces are fucking mental, mm. right? right? And I've had kind of the controversial opinion where, like, if they go off, if they join that voluntarily and go to other countries and they die, well, it's just like, well, yeah, that, yeah, that's 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 to be expected. Like, if you yeah. go there and you start shooting the people in the country, yes, it's sad that you die for your family, but it's just like I'm. I'm not going to feel that much sorry for you, mm. because you've you voluntarily joined the armed forces. It's quite controversial that, and quite like quite hard, I suppose. Um, however, I've got this this like other view. Like every time I watch like a World War film, sure. and I watch like all these like soldiers going over to, to like savers, and I wouldn't be here today <laughs> without those people doing those huge sacrifices. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, obviously, so I don't, I don't, I don't know what my opinion is. So, but basically, this episode might find actually what my opinion is regarding the armed Perhaps. forces. I, I understand that you need them. I do understand that you need them because it could probably that has happened more because of the Ukraine war. You know, knowing that the state of our military is actually really, you know, it's been shit. Surprise, surprise, been cut by the Tory government. But you know. I just kind of like, I'm, I'm knowing what's happened in Russia where like immediately the president of any country can say, yeah, conscription, and we're all immediately there basically holding yeah. a gun um, yeah. at, at the at the front. But I also, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm thought bombing you here now. I also, at the beginning of the Ukraine war, saw these Russians come in and I thought, well, fuck me if, you know, the English or the yeah. uh, the French would come over the Welsh border, I'd get a bloody gun <laughs> and I'd come there and protect. You know, you had this feeling yeah, that came yeah. over you, which is quite same, unbelievable, really. So I just wonder, after all that thought bomb, what my thoughts probably are is, 
if you join it as a career, then I just think it's absolutely mental. But like, if you're conscribed, you have to go to the fend. Mm. Then it's all right for some reason in my brain. You know what I mean? What's your What's your view on it? What's your What's your, what's your I think view? On On that particular jumping off point, I mean, for me, I wouldn't necessarily describe the people who who sign up voluntarily as as mental. I think that in some instances, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's no, the wrong I, word anyway. You You, you don't know, but I. It may it might be the wrong word, but everyone gets hopefully what you what you mean by it. I think that for me, most of the people that I knew back in school who ended up in the military weren't there because they necessarily like were kind of crazy gun nuts or they really like wanted to kill someone or you know anything like particularly just like crazy. I think it was more the the lack of other options. Like, you know, there's a few people that I'm not sure I could remember them by name now, but I, I remember, think, you know, finding out a few years ago that they're going into the military. And a lot of the time there, it's there wasn't really the options for them other than that. Like, it was they, a good... they are targeted, aren't they, really, by advertising? I mean, you look at, well, like, the armed forces, there was one, you know, this is belonging, you know, where it was yeah. just like this yeah, young yeah. guy who yeah, basically... Yeah. Modeled, they didn't have a father and bloody hell, you don't go going nowhere in school or whatever. And oh, now you come here and you've got mates, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And you you look at you know your ability to travel, like be able to get a good qualification, be able to get all this you know support, and the, yeah, as you say, like the belonging. I I don't know. It'd be interesting to see a map of all the various like recruitment offices across the UK because I know that there's one in Bangor not a million miles away from our old office yeah yeah um and you know i mean Bangor's not a particularly wealthy place by any stretch of the imagination so a lot of the people who are within walking distance or traveling distance of that recruitment office are going to be from pretty low economic backgrounds um low socioeconomic backgrounds and it, and it means that it's kind of they're ripe for the picking for want of a better word mm. um and, but at the same time you know i think that Say I, I mean it's difficult for me to kind of put myself in this position because I haven't lived this. But say my family was much poorer than they were, or I was personally, you know, in a lot more dire straits. Say my parents had died when I was little. I grew up in care. Could I sit down and go, oh, I'm not going to choose that because I can't handle the idea of doing that to the world. You know, having that impact. I'm going to go and choose to. I don't know, be on benefits or try and get a job in Tesco's or, you know, do the kind of viable alternatives to going into the army. And you can't really say one way or the other. I think for a lot of people, they kind of not necessarily see it as the only option, but see it as the best option out of a very limited view. Yeah. Um, But then you look at like the conscription issue and, you know, we haven't had conscription in the UK for a bloody long time. And certainly if the current war in ukraine is anything to go by we're probably not going to be facing it for a while because the uk and the us and russia and all these big powers are really good at playing their proxy wars but it's very rare that they ever want to get too much skin in the game um which is why it's kind of quite surprising that russia introduced conscription because it's like oh okay um 
this doesn't seem like the the brightest idea for popularity yeah, probably, I think. yeah how desperate they probably were with the songs of things isn't it yeah it doesn't sound you know i mean you never know what version of the truth you get back here from the various sources that we have but it certainly doesn't seem to be going as one-sided as russia expected it to no no I mean, exactly prob- a few a few billion from america and various other countries probably you know, goes down the treat uh, when you're when you're trying to fight a war um, and you're up against a much much bigger power. Um, I think that whether you want to admit it or not, we kind of we eulogise um, the Second World War and the First World War. I mm-hmm. think even if you grow up in, in as quite a pacifist, I mean, speaking for myself, I would definitely consider myself pretty anti-war and, and a pacifist. I don't necessarily think in an ideal world that you need a military at all um, or even guns i don't really see the point in them full stop but a lot of the stuff from back then is like it's big values isn't it it's sort of good versus evil we've grown up on a diet of star wars of course you're gonna think oh nazis bad we good you know it's it's those simple block pastel colors that they give you to go you know, we were the good guys, those were the bad guys, and it's obviously all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is, it is. It is very, I, I agree with the same, like, when I used to grow up, like, why do we even need a military? Why do we yeah. even need that? You understand why you obviously do, to a certain extent. <laughs> Probably because, like, the, our country's so fucked, they're usually called to help with fucking vaccines and floods <laughs> and all sorts. <laughs> isn't it? It's true, it's isn't true. it? I mean, it's, it's one of the, in the last few years, one of the biggest things that we see them for. Yeah, and, you know, and it's just no like this big thing that we have. Stuff. We have asked the military to intervene. You know, yeah. when they're driving ambulances as well during COVID. Yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's amazing stuff. But <laughs> yeah, imagine getting into an army, thinking you're going to be like in the trenches somewhere, <laughs> and you end up bloody driving a bloody ambulance through Wrexham on a Saturday night while everyone's pissed. Yeah. But no, I mean, I also think about you know, <laughs> being mental. I say that was the wrong terminology. I understand. Probably, yeah, some people do. A lot of people might have had a lot of family in the military, military background, and they kind of enjoy it and stuff. But there's a, so many stories, books, documentaries, films, whatever you like, also about, you know, the effect, PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, the stuff that they see, and just how much, like, zero support there is on the other side. You know, vet- veterans are out there homeless on our streets. I don't know if things are very... I don't think... It, that, that's obviously still the same problem in America, but I think in America it seems like servicemen, women, or whatever they're called, there are held in really high esteem, aren't they? Like, oh, thank you for your service, like constantly with basically everything. I think, I think they, like they, heroes, basically, probably because they, they, they're always in war somewhere. But that's that's the thing. They still, I think it's the same. I think it's similar over here. I mean, we don't, we perhaps don't pedestalize them quite as much here in the UK as they do in the US. Not quite, yeah, but we do, don't we? Yeah. But the hypocrisy is very much the same because in America, it's not like the veterans are living these fantastic lives. Quite often, they're at the brunt of the US healthcare system, just as much as the veterans over here are at the brunt of the UK healthcare system. There's no sort of special looking out for them. You know, I personally feel that there shouldn't be any special looking after them. There should be the basic universal healthcare system, which is you know we provide 
a fantastic standard of care to literally everyone because we pay taxes properly and the big corporations pay their taxes properly and the very rich pay their taxes properly because then you actually have a system that regardless of whether you have PTSD because you were raped from the ages of five through to 15 or you enter the military when you were 18 and you got you know shot at by some guy called Abdul it doesn't Abdul matter. makes another appearance in the podcast. <laughs> There's Abdul in the current. We'll have to listen back to the episodes to figure out the other characters that are appearing. Bloody Abdul, <laughs> naughty, naughty Abdul. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things. It's like I don't think it should matter whether it's sort of self-inflicted, quote unquote, or not. What what support you get, but I don't think that you should somehow get a special level of support because you've done something that is for the public good. Because if you were to do that, I mean, you look at the people that do things for the public good that aren't valued or aren't valued sufficiently, like teaching, nursing, police, fire yeah. service. But you make ambulance. a good point. You make a good point there, actually, because I remember like we, we were working on with older people. I've seen many of them, like old men mm. that are just like in a room alone, basically dying and they've been on the front line in like World War Two, and I always used to think, my God, why isn't the state looking after this person? They've been absolutely amazing. But of course, the answer there is everyone should be looked after. You're quite right. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, they're not. They're, but, not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not looking. You know, whether whether Benny, who was fight, fighting the Somme, or whether like, you know. Alfred down the road who was a pacifist or was born 20 years later and didn't you know didn't fight in the war like it doesn't they're the same they're lonely old people they just need care regardless <laughs> yeah but however do you think that you need a, a carrot for somebody to go into the military and then maybe that would be because at the end of the day I'm moaning and calling these people mental and all sorts mm. but of course unless they would do that and we had they we have these voluntary people go in if any shit happens in another country the conscription would be much quicker coming in wouldn't it because you don't have you know the standard well, I think, people in I the think military there, there are buffer there are there yeah are yeah there are meat curtain. Sure. There are there are sacrificial meat meat curtain that can kind of you know we can burn through those people and then we'll be sort they of they can die first to, and then they can they ask can me to first. go and die. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but like no, in all this PTSD nonsense, I was, oh no, I was getting on. Well, not PTSD nonsense. Goodness me, why did I even say that? Knowing about this PT nonsense, I meant from like how badly they deal with it, the MOD yeah. and stuff. You, you you're going into someone that you know or you're not really going to be looked after the other side you're just going to be spat out like any other system or any other corporation actually that you yeah. or company potentially that you work for you just spat out at the other end thank you very much and i'll go and die yeah. type thing and I, mean, I just can't probably i just can't believe that again that people go and do it we we don't we don't have a military for kind of pure military sense as in it's not a defense force it's an armed force so it's not as though you know our interests have been threatened i.e an invading army has come over and is going to destroy our home i i'd hazard a guess and i'm saying this without any sort of evidence or, or background in history but i feel instinctively that almost all of the wars that we've been involved in in the last, say, I don't know, 100 years, 150 years, are probably because of power and empire and, you know, maintaining national interests, as, as they might call it, resources, you know, 
oil and energy and infrastructure, things like that. And and that's because of a mindset, you know, a mindset based on economic growth and a mindset on funding the the rich and the wealthy rather than looking at what resources can our finite land provide and how do we maintain a good sense of well-being and community on this small island because we've come from this history of oppressing a large portion of the world and then for 50 years after that empire ended wanting to maintain that and now we hark back to this idea the military is very much tied up in that idea of we are british we are better and we will fight them on the beaches and we will fight them in the streets and we will never never surrender it's 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 all lies <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i know what you mean like the purpose of them and um but if we did look the argument though is if we didn't have a military, if we didn't have an armed forces, somebody would somebody just immediately invade us. You, I guess. I guess what you look at is are there you other have countries? To have something, don't you? Are are there other countries without militaries? I think I think the Republic of Ireland barely. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google, Google, Google I'm gonna Google it right here now because I I think they basically have nothing. It's so That's- tiny. I'd be very surprised if the Republic of Ireland had much of an army. And there's been a lot of conflict there, and they had big efforts to decommission a lot of weaponry. And because of the kind of the paramilitary IRA and the real IRA and all the rest of it, I'd imagine there's uh, used to be quite a lot of weaponry, but there's quite a difficult relationship with their kind of military history because so much of it has been based around kind of british oppression but then also the resistance to that oppression so yeah. it's not it's not quite as simple as like what what army means to them is going to be quite messy and complex i'd, I'd anticipate yeah it's different for everybody i suppose isn't it? anyway yeah there is around about seven thousand people apparently in the irish army are you serious seven thousand yeah. mm. there was two thousand people in my secondary school <laughs> yeah, George the tiny, and their the, the, the budget is only 0.2% of GDP, which shows you where like 1%, and that, oh, is it 2% now, is it? one No, 1.5%. One, one, one and, and there's like a pro about that, isn't there? But of yeah. course, we're, we're, <laughs> we're a country that bothers a lot more of the people in bloody the Irish army. Um, I, think, I think the chances of another country wanting to invade us and take us over is higher because we've pissed off so many people. <laughs> so like the the amount of like you I mean you've only got to look at like the international reaction to the queen dying to sort of see we're not that popular are we because <laughs> yeah, yeah. a whole load of countries are quite sort of you know quite happy to see the back of us we've done some pretty mean things to Fucking <laughs> hell, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> do you do you so, know anyone who's ever been in the army so anyone in your fam- family had served or something or i mean all, all of the older generation, obviously. Um, like, I, I mean, in terms of, is there anyone? I don't think there's anyone of my generation. Um, and uncles and aunts? No, not really. I mean, I've, I've like people from school and stuff, but you know, it doesn't. I mean, no one I'm sort of super close to. How about yourself? I'm, I'm guessing no. Yeah, no, nobody really super close at all. You know, and a few people from school and stuff that have gone in and and, and this that and the other, but um, nothing nothing really kind of close to me. I'm I'm just wondering whether that's probably, you know, 
tainted my view a little bit if I would have had like first hand experience and uh, it would be great to have a guess, wouldn't it? That somebody is in the military or has done served some time or something like that. That would be amazing. Just kind of chat through what they're. I think. I think it is. It would. It would. Wouldn't be a bad shout for a guest. Um, that is definitely something that I want to do a lot more of. Um, there's a guy in my class who served in Afghanistan. I think it was. Um, and we're not too dissimilar in age. I think he's maybe a, a few years younger than me. But you know, I remember when they were first going in and he was a kid and I was a little bit older than him. And then a few years later, he's signing up and he's going off and he served, I don't know, six or seven years, I think it was. Yeah. And now he's come out and he's got in his own business and he's doing a law degree. But it's like he's had that time. He's done those things. And it's like that's always going to live with you. I wonder I what he's seen. Like, I don't, know, I don't know if you saw on BBC around about two, three weeks ago, maybe a bit more, there was an interview about the uh, about Kabul, when Kabul fell to the Taliban in almost instantly. Mm. And then obviously there was that military operation to get everyone out. And I couldn't believe that the BBC was showing what it was showing, like, uh, and, and the stuff that those military personnel, it, it was following mostly American yeah. personnel um about you know what they were what they were witnessing and and that was just on a day or you know, a week of just getting people out of a place yeah. never mind like full scale war and stuff yeah, like yeah. you see you know? Yeah, yeah. you know you watch the films and stuff and well of course it's not real but of course it's it's based on reality and yeah. um yeah it's, it's pretty it's, I mean, it's pretty for, oh, I just can't believe people do it it's it's one of those things where like i have this weird fascination with it because on the one hand I'm very pacifist and I'm very like anti-violence and I'm very chilled and I'm generally like really unconfrontational and I do have a bit of a problem with anger but most of the time that doesn't bubble up for me most of the time I you know I meditate every day you can't be too angry when you meditate every day but at the same time like I'll not super regularly but quite regularly i'll watch like documentaries about the military or like real footage of you know when i say real footage like helmet cam footage that guys and guys who are serving have have, has recorded and like you know just i like understanding military hardware i like understanding guns and tanks and all of that and i like you know knowing what their real experience is like and the dramatic stories and I, yeah. I'm not really sure where that comes from in me to like to have that fascination because it's like it's not that healthy, is it? <laughs> yeah, but it is fascinating, isn't it? That is fascinating. I love watching war films and things. Mm. And I always kind of, you know, imagine myself in in, in that position. Of course, you know, yeah. I'm never going to be there voluntarily, but I, just, <laughs> I don't think I could move. You're watching these kind of films where. You know, they have to, the, the people shout with them, right? You've got to go over the trench. You have yeah. to go on this bullets flying. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, that, that has happened. It's never, Jesus oh, Christ. It's, it's fucking, I mean, the only, and this is going to sound hilarious, the only comparative situation I have is playing paintball on my 18th birthday. And, and I got shot and it was horrible. And, and that was a paintball. So like the fact that it's like fucking you know it's a well, paintball is bullet. fucking painful yeah when I when I went paint, I've only ever been paintballing once and I said never again because um, the amount of hurt <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I totally agree best. that's my uh, that's my <laughs> that's my limit like absolutely my limit but I mean I don't know like it's one of the recurrent I haven't had it for a while thank God but one of the recurrent dreams that I used to have 
for like god knows I'd probably let's say most of my adult life or all of my adult life is being in the military or not necessarily like being in the military but being in some kind of conflict situation where I am part of a group fighting against another group and it's not necessarily identifiably British army or anything like that but it's definitely that kind of situation and yeah I think that it is genuinely one of the concerns that I have about where we're headed politically because if the economy does everything that everyone says it's about to do which is absolutely crash and burn and we have mass unemployment and you know we have some really horrific situations going on politicians are going to become more desperate people are going to become more desperate the chances of us deciding that we desperately need to invade um, another country will go up the chances of a fascist government coming to power will go up and the chances of us being conscripted like I'm just banking on the fact that it's going to happen late enough in my life that I won't be considered healthy enough to go. <laughs> so they, well, this is in the same category as climate change. We're, we're, just, not, we're just going to leave just inside. Yes, yeah. gonna... Desperately craving death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing to discuss about uh, military is look at like examples in foreign countries where the military turn against their own. So mm-hmm. like you say, if, if things slide, and you find yourself, you know, fascist state or whatever, and yeah. then the people try to uprise. The military could attack their own yeah, people, yeah. couldn't they? Yeah, how absolutely. do how do they that those military people do that though? Are they just like so transfixed? I follow orders from this man, and whatever this man tells me, I do. They must do, mustn't they? It's, it's a combo for me. It's a combo of two big things. It's you're trained from the off to follow orders, so that's that's like the bedrock of your training and and who you become you know because the whole the whole idea of the army is to kind of remake you isn't it it's to it's to train you to the point where things become automatic so that in those critical situations you don't have to stop and think you do it on instinct and then the other side of things is i'd imagine that where people have a tendency to not sit back and question what they're doing and make maybe those the wrong moral choice if they're given, you know, A, shoot the civilian in the head, B, don't shoot the civilian in the head. If they've been through a whole load of shitty, horrific situations in their past, the tendency to have difficulty over that choice and to perhaps not make the right choice in the moment is probably a lot higher. I'd imagine that if you're fairly well mentally, it's probably a bit easier to step back and go, I don't think I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you've been course, for a whole load to of them shit, as well, if they wouldn't do it, you know, the, what are the repercussions exactly? Yeah. So you just okay, I'll shoot this person. You, you look yeah. at like Ab- Abbey Grabe and Guantanamo Bay and the rest of it. Like these things don't happen because any one individual is somehow evil. Um, I mean, it's a, I'm not. I the Stanford Prison Experiments experiment has been massively rubbished over the years, but that kind of thing and mm-hmm. i think that experiment has been replicated and i'm i it's a long time since i studied so i'm not going to pull out any kind of current studies but effectively it's it's group think and yeah. you can see it in any group dynamic you know if yeah. i'm i'm in all the various kind of groups that i'm involved in you see people kind of herding together jumping on yeah yeah exactly exactly and it doesn't take i don't think too much stress too much sort of difficult choices for people to go anything for an easy life. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, how, how through... I've just imagined... Just imagined, I know it wouldn't work, okay? So, the world... We split up into all these different mental countries, mm. like these imaginary land borders that we're so passionate about, and we all speak different languages and stuff. And I get it. And I get that you do need to split stuff up, you mm. know, to make it work kind of thing. But, like, do you... Th- I just imagine basically the world is one country is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Which obviously is never going to happen. I totally understand that. But it could have. And it was probably at one stage, like really right at the beginning, there wasn't a country, was there? There there was just like these, you know, animals walking around and stuff. So I'm guessing if there was like one giant UK army, not UK, world army. Oh, that's see, that's the fucking instinct underneath. It's like the UK would be at the top. Don't you fucking, you know, don't tell any of your Welsh friends there. No, I don't want that before. Freudian slip much. But I don't think even my argument probably is, and my point is, like, even if we had like one global army, Mm. it wouldn't. It still wouldn't think world peace. With them. There would just be factions that would just... Do you, do you reckon that's the case? The same as countries. So if you try and make one big thing, and you could, like, devolve bits... Yeah. Um, that, well, because of how... Diff- not different, because we're not really that different, but because, you know, socioeconomic, or... or I don't know what I'm even trying to say here. Because the reason that people have different socioeconomic and mm. uh you know health and all that is because we're separate countries isn't it at the end of the day because yeah, I mean, because that affects kind of political decisions and stuff so my my, I, my my instinct my instinct is that in in an idealized world we wouldn't have borders and all the rest of it but quite often people cling to borders cling to countries because of this sort of in-group out-group fear like you're my friend because you left live next door to me but we yeah, don't yeah, like him because yeah. he's down the road of course yeah for me the the sort of the antithesis to that is welcoming more and more independence and more and more devolution so having like an independent yorkshire for example and yorkshire having collaborative relationships with i don't know lancashire or you know the northeast or whatever and and just basically getting down to that level because i think if if you're looking at a much smaller level it's should be in theory far more difficult for them to raise big armies and to raise the finances needed to develop big military hardware i mean you might you might just end up with you know the same as what happened years ago with london deciding to suppress and use their you know improve trade routes or whatever to you know be wealthier than anyone else and therefore be able to exploit other things but in an ideal as well like i sort of feel instinctively that countries like catalonia if they were allowed to be independent countries would not want to go and invade somewhere else they just want to be catalonian but that's maybe because they're not yet independent and therefore they're still quite young if you know what i mean and therefore that that sort of instinct to go and fight someone else and to be bigger isn't there yet got other things to worry about kind of thing before thinking about defense or whatever is yeah and maybe my my theory is flawed and if you granted independence to literally every little however small group you would end up with infighting or whatever maybe it's just human instinct well, this is it isn't it fight each i think other. 
I think that was my question. I mean, do we decrease the amount of military operations and peace in a way mm. by trying to group more people together, probably in NATO and stuff like that in a way, or by just allowing people to do what they want to do, like you say, devolved areas and, and split places up to being even smaller places in a way. But if, um, if you, if it's you an interesting at, argument. If you look at history, like when when you've had people being grouped under one banner, it's tend to, tended to lead to more conflict. You know, look at the British Empire, you look at the French Empire, you look at the Spanish Empire, you look at all these various empires. They had lots of land force that became Britain, you know, in name. You know, Jamaica yeah. was British. But ultimately, was it for good reason and did it overall have a beneficial effect? No, probably not. <laughs> yeah, they become a superpower and then they just like... Because that, that's basically what the US Army do, don't they? If they get regimes... I understand there was like terrorist attack and stuff. If there are regimes starting in certain countries that they don't like, they will go and invade it and yeah. kill it, stop it, yeah. isn't it? In a way, or or fund or fund uh, fund a particular political force within the country so that they have an advantage. It's you know it's playing chess basically with people's lives. Yeah, it is. Yeah, just because they want their system to win in a way. It's very interesting, yeah. isn't it? And it is a big game of chess, isn't it? In a way. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. The, the pieces always, and you don't have control of the pieces because that country can just like elect like a stupid, ridiculous person who will then change that their own constitution so they're there forever. And yeah, yeah, it's all pretty Horrible. mental. Maybe it's 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 actually more surprising that we don't bomb the shit out of each other after we've discussed this. Well, it's, <laughs> it's amazing it's, how we've we've just like managed to keep it. But I I think I think for from what I've read recently like you know in the last year or so the things that i've been reading is that the reason why we don't rip more chunks out of each other and I'm, i mean that like obviously there's a lot of conflict there's a lot of war in the world already but i mean western european countries why we're not doing it as much is because of the second world war because it went so fucking wrong and it fucked people up so badly and it screwed everyone's economies so badly apart from america who did quite well um that we decided there's a line in the sand we're never going to go back there and we developed treaties and relationships with each other that was based on the idea we will never repeat this and now what you've got is countries forgetting and thinking well you've got people now in chad that weren't alive at that point haven't you we've 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 cleared that generation now basically haven't we and they, exactly. they, some some of them will glamorize war and they'll think, you know, fuck yeah, I'm going to do it or whatever. And they want to well, change you, the world. Remember, Remembrance Day is never used as a symbol of peace, is it? It's never used as a, that was a shit time, let's not do that again. It's used in, as an opportunity to have fucking spitfires flying overhead and tanks in the street and people with all their fucking uniform and regalia on going, oh, aren't we amazing? And rather than thinking... Oh, that was bad, wasn't it? Maybe we should hug each other. <laughs> yeah, you are right. Actually, that message isn't given. That's probably how I think when I do do the remembrance stuff about people, and it just you do think about, oh God, please don't happen <laughs> while I'm alive, type yeah, thing. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Really, the message that is put across isn't that, is it? Really, uh, you know, about like we should maintain that this never happens again. 
We just we we will never forget them, or I think we will never forget. Like, full <laughs> stop. Really, more than anything else. Um, yeah. It's all very, all very interesting stuff. However, thinking about because we have, because we're obviously you know United States best buddy. Mm. The argument is because of Putin and whatever now we're dealing with this kind of conflict going. That we're quite lucky in a way that we do have the USA, aren't we, as a superpower to go toe-to-toe against Putin. Do you reckon that that is, is true or not? Because to take the USA away, what happens then? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that... We're, I can't say we're lucky, because ultimately, if you have two massive powers in a pissing contest and it ends up in nuclear war, everyone loses. If you've got one massive superpower in a pissing contest there's no nuclear war they just invade everywhere and make it whatever country they are but i don't you know even if say say for example hypothetical us doesn't exist russia invades the uk makes the uk russian we all learn russian whatever <laughs> i wouldn't give a shit so <laughs> there's you know what i mean i don't genuinely think that there's any culture within the world that is that oppressive and nasty that at their base, at their foundational level of what their culture means, that they are there to oppress anyone. They're pretty much the same as us. They're just a different flavour of human. And it doesn't matter what flavour you get, we're all just human. Yeah. But what do you mean by that? Well, you know, it's like, I'm Dan, you're Dewey, but we could be called, you know, Agabo or... Putin or you know what I mean there's no there's no, uh, but no Putin I said oh I thought you said Crutzen <laughs> only on my suit mate yeah <laughs> but it's, it's what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think there's a there's a universality about the human hum, human experience and I think th- and I don't believe that there's any country or culture that is inherently evil out there so if we were invaded by another force I don't see any doctrine out there at the moment that says at a national level that other people are inherently inferior. Even the fucking Russian government are using anti-Nazism as part of their propaganda. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? I mean, they're they're anti-LGBT and there's, you know, yes, there are like, you know, Daesh and Taliban and the rest of it are like anti anti-anti, you know, anti-non-Muslim and the rest of it. But it isn't the same as, like, back in the day when you had the Germans being anti-Jewish and they were, like, going to exterminate the Jews and they were quite open about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just don't have that on a national level anymore. So, I mean, not that I've seen. Can you you think of anything where it's, like, openly like that? Well... uh political discourse is becoming a lot more like that which is worrying me so if you're listening to our home secretary the way she's talking mm. about immigrants and how easy it is we know populism is is rapid you know rampant is the word sorry everywhere yeah. and that whole basis of populism is is built about us and them isn't it that we yeah. are great this country is fine so i think we're on i think it's i think we're on the beginning of a very bad recipe uh, and the minute stuff is normalised, 
which it definitely is. There's still a huge racial problem. Look at football, about how much of a problem race, racism is, and it's so blasé and in your face. So I think mm. we've got to be very careful that we're not thinking that we're just like in a safe period. I, I guess, I guess, like I guess, not. what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that it's not open, and maybe that's worse. But I sort of compare. Maybe, maybe I'm comparing wrong bits in history because maybe I'm looking at sort of 1930s or 1920s Germany as opposed to, you know, 1939 onwards where shit really started to kick off or like whenever Kristallnacht was like. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you look at the kind of vindictive language that's come out of Braverman and, and the, you know, a few others where they're kind of saying, oh, but they're always they're using justification that they're, they're using a kind of anti-criminal, anti-organized crime as the kind of overall message. You know, we want to prevent these people from being trafficked rather than, you know, I mean, obviously you just lift the sheet and it's racist underneath. Yeah, yeah. It's not the beginning of it, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is yeah, the yeah. beginning, and that's what I mean, isn't it? It just normalizes about yeah, the news. I saw the Braverman today said it's a dream to put immigrants on a plane out of here, and it's just like, okay, so this is news now, then, is it? And if you just think about 15 years ago, there would have been uproar, she would have to resign, you know, there that's would be true. an investigation, and this yeah, is yeah. just like, it's just absolutely bog standard normal. Uh, and it that's what's a bit worrying for me, really. Uh, I know probably how much of a of an issue it is and uh, in society. And I think we touched on what I think is the problem is that we've got a generation that's not experienced war really, you know, as in world war. So, um, yeah. Yeah. right, I'm just going to log off now then and join the army. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it's the only solution. It's the only solution. I've got to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> and the only way we stop war is by going to war. <laughs> uh, I know, fight war with war. It's um I think I think it is one of those things where the majority of our generation haven't got any direct experience and the majority of us don't have any friends in the military, so therefore our, our views are very coloured and it's very difficult to have an informed view. Although obviously it doesn't take a genius to look at history and go, Guns aren't good. <laughs> I know. It's good it's good to chat with it though. I don't know what my feeling is after after this. Um it hasn't. For, it hasn't solidified you in any. No, direction. it hasn't. No, I understand the need for it. I think I'm just so fucking thankful that I don't have to do it. Mm. So I, I, I need to actually respect the people that go there and volunteer and voluntar- voluntarily join it more. I think. I, d- uh, I don't. I don't. I I disagree with that. I don't think that necessarily you need to respect them. I think I I sympathise with them because of the choice that they're making, but I don't respect them for it because ultimately I think that what they're doing is misinformed and dangerous, and I wish that they lived in a society where they had a better range of choices because I'd I'd hazard a guess that the majority of them, if they did have a really good range of choices, their imaginations and their excitement for life would take them somewhere else. I don't think there's very many people that would pick up an M16 by choice and go, yes, this is me. I'm going to shoot someone. (laughs) (laughs) And, and 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 if they felt like that, 
probably need to go sit down on a couch and have a chat with someone and have a nice cup of tea rather than fill out a drafting paper and go on some basic training. <laughs> Are you saying there's an argument basically there for a country to to keep a certain amount of people poor just because they'll probably more chance of going to the army? Oh, that's so bleak, isn't it? I, th- I, think, I think it's both ways round. I think capitalism produces inequality and inequality maintains capitalism it's it's like a vicious cycle i don't think necessarily there's people in whitehall thinking this is what we need to do but it is how the machine rolls around and it chews them up and it spits them out that's that's why i always find myself isn't it amazing how everything kind of works itself out but of course it works itself out and then we organize society around that system, don't we? So the system yeah. is not is not amazing in any way. It's just like this happens to it, they get rich, small, they small die. person, they die, and then just like, oh, isn't that a shame? And we'll just like keep going. Basically. Exactly. <laughs> uh... Right, Dan. Uh nice to chat about that anyway. as I said, I think it's helped me a little bit. Um, but I need your final thought, I think, just to wrap it all up, mate. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So I would say my final thought for this week is that it's not a positive one, unfortunately. I like feel, all the other ones we've done. Well, <laughs> I, we, we've got some optimism threaded through for sure. Yes, um, but I feel that given how old you and I are, there is a chance that within our lifetimes we will see conscription and you and I could be standing shoulder to shoulder as we get shot at. And you know, falling uh, and they dying. Use a human shield. <laughs> oh, the fucking you're you're being used as a human shield. You're bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's. I mean, I, I think it's realistic. I think it could happen. And I think for that reason, having some openness and empathy is a difficult word because you can't really empathise without having had personal experience of it. But certainly sympathy for those people that have already made those choices and haven't been forced into it is going to be helpful because it will at the very least prepare you for what might be to come and even if it doesn't come even if we you know both live long healthy lives and and don't die in a trench somewhere it gives you a different perspective that is I think for me one of the most viscerally different experiences that you can have because I've never been in a life or death situation, literally mm. never. I think the the closest that I probably come to death is driving a car and those sort of last minute decisions that you make that save your life. But you know, it's you know, we'll get in a car with you. Fuck you know, this is a reason I've not driven for over a year. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think it. Yeah, I really wish that military war didn't exist but it does it does we just have to and as a result with it we are all fucked indeed mate indeed right, all right. see you next week there mate see you soon take care